physical media and entertainment from the silver screen to the palm of your hand. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of From Screen to Shelf. My name is Will. I am joined by my esteemed colleagues, Gabe and Chase. October's over. Halloween season is behind us. No. It is now November. <laughs> I know. I know. It's okay. It, it'll be back before we know it. Only 360-something <laughs> days away, right? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, November's here. And with that, the holidays are uh, just within reach, everybody. Holidays yep. are within reach as well as the new year, 2024. Uh, and with that, you know, major, major changes coming to the physical media landscape on the horizon in 2024. Best Buy announcing that they will be exiting the game of physical media. What do we think about it? Are we worried? Do we even care? We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more here on From Screen to Shelf right now. Gabe, yeah. take it away, brother. Best Buy. So like uh, Will said, Best Buy just recently announced that uh, they are going to be getting rid of uh, physical media. Um, so predominantly DVD, Blu-ray, 4K Blu-rays from their uh, brick and mortar stores. I think that starts first thing 2024, right, guys? From what the earliest said. Q1 2024. Yeah, they never Q1 came out confirmed that yeah, part. I believe though. as soon as quarter one. Yeah. So yeah, maybe there's some flexibility there, but we we don't know uh, beyond that. Yeah. So should we be worried? I mean, I know we're all going to kind of give our thoughts on this, and we we've talked about it briefly before. Um, Best Buy's always been a very big player in the game. I mean, at least in terms of like physical media, steel books. I know that they have a lot a lot of like exclusive uh, releases that come out. Um, and a lot of people just do, do they, they order from Best Buy. They're like going in and actually getting that experience. But in terms of being worried, um, I, I don't think it's that doom and gloom that, that a lot of people are, are taking it as. Um, a lot of, you know, what's been going on the past few years or over the last decade in terms of like transitioning with sales, a lot of this is just, you know, we're, we're getting used to and acclimated to ordering things online. Everything is being ordered online, and that that's just kind of the way things are right now. So, when you know someone like Best Buy is saying, "Hey, you know what? We're not going to carry these these items in the store anymore." The the first thing I think about is just kind of like, okay, I may not be able to get the slip covers I want. You know what I mean? And maybe the yeah, I can't like inspect the steel books for damage when I'm purchasing them. But outside of that, I'm not really losing anything else in terms of the purchasing experience because everything else. A lot of the other releases, like standard releases, I purchase. I just purchase them online, um, and I've been used. I've been used to purchasing these things online for the past few years now. And then Best Buy really was the only one I would actually go into the store to, like I said, like look at the slipcovers, look at the steel books. And I, I wasn't doing that with Target. I wasn't doing that with. I mean, Walmart for sure. Um, I, I wasn't doing it with any other retailer. Um, there, I even have some local retailers here in, uh, where I live, and. Um, they even let you purchase stuff online and they'll ship it to you. Um, so you don't even have to walk into their store. And these are like, you know, physical media uh, stores that sell vinyl, movies, Blu-rays. Um, you can walk in the store and buy them. But I mean, I'm even used to ordering online there too. So it's it's not that doom and gloom, at least for me. Um, I think that the dynamic in terms of purchasing physical media has already shifted for me. I think it shifted several years ago. Um but, you know, I, 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 this may be a personal thing. I'm not sure. I mean, Chase, like, what do you think about it? Like, when you hear Best Buy isn't, you know, carrying physical media anymore, is that a big concern to you? Kind of. Kind of, yes and no. Not, like, in the global scale of, like, you know, purchasing power, like, 
you know, after Digital Bits on October 12th broke the news and then they came out on the 13th and they confirmed it, he did a follow-up article and I can't find exact sources, but I, I will trust mm-hmm. what Bill Hunt says. They only accounted for 4% of physical media sales. So in the grand scheme of things, you know, whenever wow. you're counting pennies and stuff like that, like 4% is still a decent chunk of change, but it's not game changing, if that makes sense. Whenever you have Walmart that accounts for anywhere between 46 to 48%, right? Mm-hmm. Now, whenever you're comparing that to Walmart, that's literally nothing, right? Uh, somebody yeah. else is going to come in, pick that up, um, especially when it comes to the exclusive steelbooks. You know, that that was probably a huge loss for them on certain aspects because they have to acquire that exclusivity. You know, some people mm-hmm. are probably coming to them saying, hey, we want to do this, 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 and this. But they have to buy so much in bulk. And, you know, of course, with um, not trying to lambast anything, but with the way they ship things, you know, the returns, the defect rate and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it probably accounted for a good chunk of loss. Right. So on a personal note, yes, it sucks because I have the fortunate ability to be four or five minutes away from a Best Buy. And so like whenever 10 o'clock comes on a Tuesday, I'm like right there at 10.01 getting, I think the last one I got was like the the Wicker Man and then a couple of other uh, movies. I think it was the Blob or Pumpkinhead that came out that same day mm-hmm. because, you know, I had nothing to do that day. So I wanted to come home, watch a couple of movies, stuff like that um, during spooky month and then get that rocking and rolling. So I'll definitely miss that, you know, um, just in a personal aspect, just because, you know, I also had the pleasure of having a blockbuster near me that didn't shut down until that final wave of shutdowns. So, oh, like, wow. I didn't lose that for a while. I had blockbusters around me for a good while. So, Best Buy became that bridge for me, you know, every Tuesday going in, seeing what would, you know, be rocking and rolling. So, yeah, pretty much like you said, going in there, finding the ideal one, stuff like that. And then I got to know people. So, if I put in, like, an online order... They were like, yeah, I know how this guy's going to be if we don't get him the right one. You know what I mean? So, you know, that sense of relationship and stuff like that, I'll definitely miss it. And I know other people haven't had like the best pleasure of having that experience, you know, but I've had nothing but pleasant experiences with the Best Buys that I go into. Um, Yeah, for sure. So I'll miss that for sure. But, um, you know, also the one that I've had is still really well stocked. The thing that I will like to say is like, to our point of Q1, that feels like even though they necessarily did not come out, at least with the report I'm looking at, that Best Buy came out and quoted after Bill Hunt broke this. I'm not seeing any confirmed official end. Um, it does look like that will be coming sooner rather than later because I always did have the pleasure of being like, I'm not going to order online. I'll just go in that mm-hmm. Tuesday and get it. I've missed out on Blue Beetle, which is now officially out of stock, and that was probably my most anticipated steelbook, Exorcist. Um, Prey, which fortunately has been coming in and out back online, Mm -hmm. you know, it hasn't been delisted like Blue Beetle got delisted, I think yesterday or the day before. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never had to deal with that full frontal. The the best buy I have has always been great. I can check it at 8am, put in my online order two hours later, go and get it. So that's how it's personally going to affect me. Um, but I'm sure we'll segue into it where it seems like Walmart is going to be picking up a little bit of that slack. So we might still have some hope. Yeah, we're going to talk same about day purchases. We're going to talk about Walmart. And you brought up a good point, too, just in terms of I forgot that aspect of it, like the the convenience of it, where like if you wanted to get a movie like that day, I know there's been times where me and my wife are like, oh, like, let's watch whatever movie. And I'm like, oh, I'll just go pick it up real quick at Best Buy on the way home. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to wait for it, like, you know, in terms of shipping. So that that is a convenient part of it is just being able to go pick it up and, and watch it the same day. Um, and, and, and as far as Blue Beetle, I don't know if that's if that's just a, a Warner Brothers DC thing, man, because I remember like Justice League was the same way where it was like 
you know that, that came out and then like a week later or a few days later it was just gone yeah yeah, it was gone. yeah. and i didn't so I think know. i'd have to worry about it because black adam they still have steel books of it over there they still have flash yeah. steel books over there uh, really yeah they still have the flash ones over there at this one i i go to so i didn't think it'd be a problem especially a lot of people weren't talking about blue beetle and yeah just, and it wasn't like really like highly regarded from what i understand i didn't go see it but um, yeah that's kind of weird now it's i'm sure like probably if you look on ebay it's probably like what hundred dollars or something <laughs> god uh, somebody but yeah all of them yeah the convenience is a, is definitely like a big factor um Will, what about you, man, when you hear Best Buy? Yeah, I mean, I agree with most of what you guys said. For me, it's kind of a, it's been a love-hate relationship with Best Buy as of late. So it is bittersweet, like to piggyback on what you guys said about being able to go into the store and physically pick up a copy on release day. I mean, yeah, I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss taking a ride out there. You know, I have one that's probably 20 minutes away from me. And then I have another that I'd say is probably within 35, 40 minutes. So not too, too far. Um, so I've had, I've had options in terms of uh, mm-hmm. Best Buys. I will say the one nearest to me was hit and miss with stock, you know, and, and has been for the last several months anyway. Uh, whereas the one that's a little farther, I mean, that's well worth the drive because they're always stocked. And I, I went there, gosh, I think four or five days ago uh, after work, and uh, they, they still had plenty to choose from. Um, mm. still had flash black Adam, a lot of steel books. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it, it really just comes down to, I mean, am I worried? No, you know, someone else will fill that void. We, we spoke about that. You know, I've said this in our discord community. I've said it to you guys. I'll say it again on here. Um, uh, Best Buy hasn't catered to collectors for quite some time. Um, they are simply making a financial decision as a company that is probably the right decision to make for them. Uh, Chase, you mentioned they're only 4%. Uh, they only account for 4% of physical media sales. Um, that's a losing game to be in. Yep. Um, you know, especially with Walmart, you know, the elephant in the room, would you say 46 to 48%? I mean, at that yep. point, for Best Buy and with the way they've packaged things, and I, I can personally attest after the countless arguments I've gotten into with store managers uh, over damaged you know, shipping boxes and whatnot and so on and so forth, especially with steelbooks, just the lack of consistency with packaging. I, I just didn't see them being able to continue down that road much longer. So yeah, it's it's bittersweet because I'm going to miss being able to go into the store on release day and, and see what's there. Uh, but then again, I mean, that's that's kind of a, a callback to the glory days of physical media when everybody went to Best Buy and Walmart and Target and so on and so forth to buy to buy movies. And uh, we just, we don't live in that age anymore. You know, we're in the age of streaming where, you know, physical copies are becoming a, a collector's market. And so, you know, I, I've been anticipating that change for quite some time, as I think we all have. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that, that a player steps out of the game, like on a mainstream level, it's, it's, it's bad, but... Um, I guess I could say in more of a collector's level, it's, it's just going to be better for collectors because, I mean, again, most collectors don't rely on Best Buy to provide them mm-hmm. with the majority of the movies they buy. Best Buy only accounts for, it's a small percentage of the releases that I buy. Um, yeah, I, I'm curious as to who is going to pick up the mantle regarding their exclusive Steelbook deals. I don't know if another company will come in and, and do that. I don't know if that's a Walmart thing or an Amazon. We've seen Amazon offer some exclusive um, releases. I think they did one for John Wick. That's the last one I can remember. Mm-hmm. 
they have yeah. an exclusive steelbook. Uh, I think it, Walmart did something similar. So it's steelbooks is interesting though because I mean even though um, a lot of them would say like Best Buy exclusive packaging, mm -hmm. those are they're they're still classified. A lot of them are still classified as what they call like worldwide like available steelbooks. Yeah. yeah. So like it's it's you know you, they could still be picked up through other retailers like the Lord of the Rings steelbook set, which I thought at the time when I was kind of getting into steelbooks, I'm like oh this is a Best Buy exclusive. You know I pick it up and then like months later I see like in another retailer that's you know it's it's being sold. So a lot of the Best Buy exclusive quote unquote were you know they were, were like worldwide available art uh right. that they utilize so i I'm, I'm i'm curious if that's just something that could easily transition to walmart like if they can just kind of keep yeah. that going um or if it's just going to be you know maybe we'll start seeing it pop up on amazon mm. uh who knows i mean they're they're kind of iffy with packaging too though <laughs> they'll right. throw a steel book in a in a bubble wrap thing and and call it a yeah. day um but yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, it's it, it, with steelbooks. I, I, I'm not too worried about that in terms of like the exclusivity with Best Buy because I don't really feel like they ever had like any definitive exclusivity. I'm trying to think of any titles that would for sure like was only available through them. I don't um, know if Scream Factory I was had say like an exclusive Scream. deal with them. I think Scream Factory was yeah. the only one where they had exclusive. But I think yeah. if if I'm Scream Factory, they'll probably try to find another retailer to to partner with, you know, yeah. you know, with once this takes effect, I would assume yeah. if they want to continue down that road. Yeah, for sure. And it, it like we all said, I, I don't think any of us were worried when we heard that Best Buy uh, announcement. I mean, if anything, we were maybe excited just for end of year sales. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know everyone's just like <laughs> counting down the days for like, you know, a big liquidation or something in terms of like their their Blu-ray shelves. But we're such um, filthy capitalists. Of course, <laughs> take advantage of it. Um, but I mean, that that goes into. I know we we're going to transition into. I mean, Target. I, I don't. Did Target ever like really announce that though, or is that something that downsizing? We've just been kind of observing. Yeah, like so. It's kind of. I actually went in in preparation for this. I have like a lot of Targets near me, almost more than WalMarts. Mm -hmm. So I went in, and I kid you not, one of them only had like three titles on the shelf. It was wild. And I was oh, like, wow. where'd they go? Like, okay. It was the first one I went into, and I was like, whoa. So they did just stop, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but then I saw people on the server talking about, like, the Barbie prices and stuff like that because some people were taking pictures of the sticker prices saying forty nine ninety nine. I want to say. And I was like, there's no way they think that they're going to downsize and just, you know, off them for that price, you know? Then I go into the one that is actually the closest to me, and they were fully stocked. Now, not of titles you would necessarily buy, you know, but, I mean, they had stock. I'll, I'll, I'll mm -hmm. say that. Um, and I did want to point out, like, you know, Target going and being downsized. Like, I really – I never went in there to browse for physical media like I would mm -hmm. uh, back in the day. Like, piggybacking back on Best Buy just a tiny bit when they used to have the giant media walls, like, in the back corner or, like, in the front on the – like, in the angle or on the side. Yeah. They had a whole wall, and it would just be, like, the racks front-facing, not sideways, and then you could just sift through them from DVD to even whenever the Donna 4K for a couple of years, they were still around. Mm. Um, I always liked that, and I would go into Walmart for that because the Walmarts I have over here still have those walls. They're just – Nine ninety nine dollar or like DVDs from like Shutter, yeah. you know. <laughs> like, yeah. So Target, I only ever went into like we were talking about before we pre rolled. Like I got a Jaws steel book and an ET steel book for like seven eight bucks. I want to say mm -hmm. just stumbled across them. I think nineteen seventeen steel book that one that's pretty plain. Uh, it's like all black. Yeah, you know what I I'm talking about. Yeah, mm -hmm. I got those for like a handful of dollars, and I think that was the really 
what was that a year, year and a half ago? That was the last time I really walked in trying to find a deal because I heard about it in the Discord server. Um, I think Target is probably the least <laughs> that whenever I heard that. I, I think I just scrolled past. Okay, sounds about right. You know, like because I never went in there for that. But, you know, I do yeah. feel sad for the people where that was their reliable source to go in there. Yeah. Uh, because it does suck, you know, and they do throw the bites who get one sells um, out there. Yeah, as they well. do that pretty often. I mean, it, those sales are kind of iffy, though, because it's like, you know, full, you're purchasing the disc full price and full price to them is, you know, 30, 35 bucks. So at that point, it's like, is that really a free disc that you're getting? Yeah. It's um, good for pre orders, though, because it usually counts towards pre orders as far as I'm aware. Uh, what oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah that's I mean, actually, how I got Texas Chainsaw was through Target with the pre-order because it I was able oh. to use it on the pre-order, so I actually saved a bit of money on the uh, on the slipcase um, yep. with that. So oh, that's smart. That, that I, I did not know that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Target Target for me, it's kind of like what you said, Chase. It's it's it was always like a you know i'll do some shopping i never went in there with the intent of like buying movies it's i would do shopping and then like on the way out i'd be like oh let me see like what you know if they have any sales for movies and sometimes they'd have some you know crazy sales on like steel books and just stuff that they're trying to get rid of and that's all target ever was to me at least um i know recently they've been shrinking down a lot of like their movie stuff um but and but they've been increasing their vinyl stuff which is interesting like the movie stuff is going down but then like my target there's like two aisles of like vinyls and I'm like, this is crazy. I mean, and that's awesome for people that collect vinyls, but I don't think target ever was a big player in terms of like the uh, physical media market. I think that, you know, they, they sold them there and that was it. And, and like what you said, Chase, a lot of them, you'd have these racks like right outside the um, cash registers, you know, for the new releases. And that, that was pretty much it. Like you'd literally just buy them like on your way out, like, Oh, okay, let me pick this up. Yeah, and th- that was it. Um, but it, it doesn't surprise me that Target's, you know, get like getting rid of it. But I, did they ever officially announce it though, or is this just kind of our own observation? Just downsizing, as far as I'm aware. There was nothing oh, okay. whenever I was researching before this that said they were like exiting it completely, like Best Buy. Just yeah. massive downsizing. Um, I believe they're still going to do online orders at the very least and fulfill those. Um, that's at least what I know. That Target's pretty tight-lipped about that wasn't like Best Buy yeah. where the next day they were like, yep, this is true. You know, like, yeah. you know, uh, Target's been pretty tight-lipped, but I do believe they did come out and say something about it, but it was just verbatim downsizing is what I heard yeah. and read. And, uh, Will, what about you, man, with with Target? Was it ever a, a big thing for you? No, I, I shop at Target uh, occasionally, but I've never, I mean, in the past several months, I've never even looked at their media section. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I forgot that they even carried CDs and, and vinyl there. You know, when you said vinyl, that kind of like, I was like, oh, maybe I'll yeah. go and check that out. But, and that's, yeah, it's good for vinyl collectors. But yeah, I, I will say the last experience I have ordering physical media from Target was um, Texas Chainsaw. So, mm. and you know, before that, I hadn't ordered for a while. Someone actually told me they do like the the buy one or buy two, get one um for for movies so that's the first and probably the last time i may ever use that promotion um i, I wouldn't be surprised if target exits the game at some point within the next year or year and mm-hmm. a half right um i just think it's only a matter of time and i think you know as i said you know regarding best buy they're in a business that's no longer lucrative to them uh and so yeah i mean target might be willing to hold out a little longer i just i I don't know what their financials are in regards to their sales for physical media but obviously if they're downsizing that's uh their stores um in most parts of the country i would assume uh that they're just trying to you know recoup losses or just save as much as they can so 
Yeah, but for me personally, no. I mean, I was more concerned, or, or I guess I could say more affected by Best Buy. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, for me, Target, it's just kind of a drop in the bucket at this point. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, so, I mean, Best Buy, Target, and the question is that, you know, everyone wants answered is, are we worried about, you know, the state of physical media right now with Best Buy, Target downsizing, other retailers downsizing? Are you guys worried at all? Like, Chase, are you concerned about the state of physical media right now? I love that question because I, this is where like a lot of like my research and then remember I told you guys I heard something through the grapevine that I made us wait for this mm-hmm. instead of capitalizing around the time it came out. So um, I've got some interesting stats and a, a verbatim quote from Best Buy right here from I believe it doesn't give me an exact date. It was between 99 to 2001 where Best Buy officially declared that physical media and DVDs, DVD players, and essentially home theaters were going to be the most lucrative part of their business. This was almost 20 years ago, you know, um, wow. streaming, stuff like that. Like, look at Netflix. They just exited, was it last year, maybe just a few months ago, their actual, like, disc-to-door service. Yeah, I think rental service. I think all of us used that at one point. I, I think everybody yeah. in at one point for, what was it, five, six, seven bucks for four movies a month, that was lucrative, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it was really, really solid. It was really easy to use, but then it, it just wasn't feasible on the cost of acquisition versus the amount of people that were using it. So then you got to think the same way about DVDs, especially whenever the studios want to get so much of a cut and they're only making two, $3 per disc. Right. Yeah. So especially like going back to the packaging and the shipping and stuff like that, like typically they aren't going to be able to get a vendor's return on that item and then get their money back on, on the cost of acquisition. That's just how that works, you know, on, on the highest level of business. If something gets right. damaged in transit, but they sent that out in ideally fine condition, right? That's up to the manufacturer, the distributor, whoever ended up receiving that item before prior to shipping to market vendor return so that way they can get their their um, their margins back on that item. So let's say like the Halloween set, right? And I've seen some of those come in pretty damaged, right? And the Jurassic mm-hmm. Park set. That's retailing for anywhere from $80 to $100. Uh, so most people or most companies... Best Buy in this instance, their cost of acquisition is probably 60 to 70. They aren't making much, right? Mm-hmm, Once you yeah. consider labor, shipping costs, and everything, they're probably looking at a margin of four to five bucks. So if that gets mm-hmm. damaged in shipping, they just essentially gave you a free item, and, and which is their fault, right? Whenever it comes to the shipping, mm-hmm. right? The way they package it and everything, you know, that does ultimately come on them. But like we said, they don't cater to collector's market. You know, they might be viewing that, yeah. that steel outside of the Jurassic Park set as part of the packaging, right? And they only right. expect you to keep just the steel books themselves, so they aren't really thinking of it that deep. So whenever you go further into that 20 years later, whenever you have all of these streaming studios and stuff, or streaming distributors, like you have Paramount Plus, um, and then you have Prime, Netflix, Hulu. You have so many to choose from, right? Where they're putting out originals, they're doing this, they're doing that. And you can get Peacock for free with ads, you yeah. know? You, you yeah. can get Tubi and watch literally, I kid you not, twenty to 30,000 different titles right now. And Tubi. For free. Yeah, exactly. Put up with like 30, 45 seconds of ads at most, if not just mm-hmm. one ad every 30 minutes or so. And you mm-hmm. can do that. And some people, it's a volumes games nowadays. Somebody on their day off might want to watch two or three movies because they have absolutely no plans. And two or three movies for collectors like us, we're going to put a hole in the wallet, right? Especially mm-hmm. unless we're deal hunters and stuff like that. Um, yeah. it, it, it's, it's just a volumes game, you know, like the cost per unit and the consumer's eye when it comes to that. And that's going to bring me to the doom and gloom approach, right? Um, so really the only thing that like kind of makes me a little bit sad 
Now we have like great online distributors like Groove. A lot of people are, I believe that's how, that has to be how it's pronounced. I don't, I, I can't imagine it's Grove. I've always called it Groove. <laughs> oh, wait, someone calls it Grove? Yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Is, is it Grove, Will? No, I think it's Groove. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought I've you never heard anybody Grove. pronounce it as Grove. Yeah, I was going to oh, yeah. shoot myself in the foot if it's pronounced Grove. Grove Lord. Grove Lord. Grove Barons out there. All you yeah. Grove Barons out there in our physical media community. Grove, Grove abusers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, for like you have amazing Grove. people. Like that is a lot of people don't know, but you can see it at the bottom, like in their copyright and their trademarks. That is mm-hmm. Universal's front distributor. And yeah. I would love to see more people come out and do that, right? Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. That is awesome. There's only one thing that gets me kind of doom and gloomish. Um, if Target fully exits, Best Buy is fully exiting, who does that leave? Walmart. Mm-hmm. You know, they're already looking at actually getting into the manufacturing business. I wasn't able to find the exact article. I'm sure it's out there, but they are looking at acquiring a disc manufacturer. And they're, they're, they're probably going to tick right above that 50% margin, whether that's 4K Blu-ray, and I'm assuming it's going to be a majority of DVDs. So yeah. that's kind of where... Can I chime in on that, Chase? Go right on ahead. I, I just wanted to mention, yeah, that Walmart's looking to acquire SDS, which is Studio Distribution Services. It's the official distribution services for Warner Brothers, Universal, all the big players. I, I believe that was formed by Universal and Warner Brothers years back in order to kind of tackle the shrinking market. You know, they figured they'd join forces in order to, you know, uh, distribute most of their content. Um, And I believe the other studios use them as well, Paramount, um, so on and so forth. But yeah, Walmart, uh, I think that was several months ago, uh, closer to the start of the year, we we heard that Walmart was looking to get into that, if I remember correctly. And like that, that can be great and that can be bad, right? So like, you know, monopolies and monopolies are hardly ever good. Right. Um, a lot of menu or a lot of distributors like Scream Factory, Vinegar Syndrome, I believe uses, I forget the exact name of the manufacturing plant out there in Mexico. Um, that's where a lot of them are being made, like the actual Blu-ray discs burned, sh- shipped out here and then sent out to us. Is that OCN distribution, Chase? That's what it is. OCN. That is OCN. Yep. So that's the exact one that they're using. And... When it comes to only being able to walk into a Walmart for brand new big major titles, right? Now, I do want to preface this, and this is why like it's not as doom and gloom to me. I am blessed. I live near a vinegar syndrome, an actual brick-and-mortar store. Mm. I have oh, wow. three third parties within the same five-minute stretch where I can go into a third-party retailer right now, and it's dedicated just like Blockbuster. I can rent movies. I can do this. I can do that, right? Mm. I'm extremely blessed to have that around me, but I understand not a lot of people do. So that's why it doesn't bother me as much, as much as it might cost me almost $5 more per title to go to these places. At least I'm supporting to try to keep that brick and mortar experience alive. And I'm willing to do that, right? Um, Because not everybody has that blessing. So that's why like I am kind of, I'm cautious whenever it comes to Walmart, because it's just like I was prefacing earlier. And that's kind of what I've been building up to. A lot of Walmarts have been getting those pop-up 4K steelbook sections. Um, three mm-hmm. of mine have those currently, and they popped up just over the last couple of weeks. And that's kind of why we got a, a little bit of information saying that those were going to be coming out. So we wanted to wait to address that. Now that it's out there in the wild, I hope they lower those dang prices because yeah. they're almost 33% above markup. Um, mm-hmm. Like the man who killed Bigfoot, then Hitler, I believe, is a 4K steel book that is Walmart exclusive, but you can get it yeah. on Amazon for $10 less than what it's showing up mm-hmm. in stores for. It's $29.82 at the one I was mm-hmm. at yesterday. 
and it's twenty dollars and eighteen cents right now on Amazon for pre-order. Comes out later, you know, if you want to pay that ten dollar tax to get it right now, cool. Support physical media, keep that brick and mortar experience alive. But whenever it comes to again, it's a volumes game. When it comes to a lot of us, there are some people that like to collect. There are some people that like to get certain themes, certain genres, and there's people that just like to fill their shelves, right? So that's why Groove is amazing, right? The sign up 20, their three for 30 specials that stack with that. You can essentially bring your cost of acquisition per unit down to almost $8, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's insane. You know, especially if you don't care about slip covers and Groove have never had a bad experience with their packaging. Just got my Alfred Hitchcock volume three yesterday. It was in a bubble miller, but they've stacked it between cardboard. So the cardboard stuck out a little bit. So I didn't get any dings. Looks like I just picked it up fresh off a shelf, right? With no damage. So that's kind of the little bit of research I wanted to bring up, you know, remind people that like, you know, this was once a lucrative business. DVD was the future. You know, the right to own your movies was new back then because VHSs were almost $70 brand new. That's why Blockbuster was such a big deal back in that era and that time when you could Mm -hmm. go in, pay $5, watch it repeatedly for, I believe it was like three to four day rent cycle. That was a huge deal that was revolutionary at the time. That's why they were popping up like Pizza Hut's, Domino's, and Papa John's everywhere because it was a lucrative business. Now look where they're at. We have one left in the world, right? Mm. So it's not a super lucrative business anymore. Um, Streaming, even streaming itself, like let's preface that, is not a lucrative business. I would love for somebody to find me a report because I did the research. Not a single one turns profit. Uh, I believe Netflix turns a small profit. Yeah. Netflix is in a continuous, at least a report from last year. I think it was on YouTube. They're still losing money? John Campia's story. They're still Uh, losing uh, money. uh, Yeah, John Campia did a report. I think that they're, yeah, they're just in a constant revolving door where pretty much they're evening out or losing money. So, like, they're putting, you know, they're buying all these, like, movies and these shows and, like, starting these big projects. And then they're high budget, you know what I mean? And, And then they just, you know, invest in all these different properties. But, you know, they don't turn a profit in terms of their subscription so they're just kind of evening out the whole time which Mm -hmm. is you know at the end of the day you know you do that for a few years it's like how how long can you really sustain that so um netflix for sure definitely just kind of evens out Um, i don't know about the other ones i mean it'd be interesting interesting to see like you know because i think wb owns hbo max right i I think that's the case yeah yeah Yeah, that's warner brothers discovery warner brothers yeah so like i I don't know how different that is when you have an actual, like, you know, studio that actually, you know, owns the streaming service. Um, but uh, who knows? But I, I don't think it's as, as profitable as people think it is. No, it's not. And I do want to pose this question just because that's something I've never understood. Um, and if like, I, I'm just hoping for a reply unless you guys got the answer for it as well, especially when it comes to HBO Max. Um, I get like they're putting out a lot of originals, but whenever it comes yeah. to like the cost for just the app itself and everything like in between, I believe it's nineteen ninety nine now. And even at launch, it was yeah. fourteen ninety nine. Whenever it was mm-hmm. HBO Max before it was just Max. Yeah, that was pretty much the same price to add it onto your cable forever. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, unless they're getting like, yeah. and HBO was never like an ad heavy. Like that was one of its biggest things: pay for premium mm-hmm. content, you don't have to get ads. You know, that was kind of like the very first you know, ad-free type of experience Mm -hmm. on HBO and then the filler until the next airtime. Of course, you'd have like its own ads for its own stuff, but very rarely would you see infomercials or, you know, a Nickelodeon commercial on HBO, right? So it's kind of confusing to me how HBO Max definitely seems like it's the most lucrative in its own category over there. 
how they can't turn a profit. And I get just running the servers, everything in between the cost to put out these max originals. But again, if you think of it, whenever it comes to max originals, it's no different than whenever they first came out of game of Thrones, whenever it was on cable yeah. for HBO, Yeah, it's kind of confusing, right? Um, yeah. Cause the people that do cable still do cable, right? You know, it, app streaming is catered to different people, right? The stream, well, yeah, streaming. The streaming. Oh, go ahead. Right? Well, no, go ahead. I was just going to say it's an additional cost with the infrastructure that they're investing in for streaming, right? Because yeah. it's not just like it's on cable anymore. With cable, the infrastructure was there. Right? Yeah. yeah. They, it's just a matter of whether or not you wanted to add their channel to your list of channels, right? Or add yeah. their, you know, add premiums. Same with Showtime. Yeah. Whereas with streaming, like they're providing the infrastructure for that themselves. So they're investing in that as opposed to with, with cable where, you know, Makes everything's sense. pretty much there. It's just a mm -hmm. matter of ordering a subscription, you know, for a month or three months or a year, however long you want to have their, uh, have their product. So yeah, I infrastructure think is a big part of it. Yeah. Cause they're yeah, not just sending out a wave. I was going to say that, go ahead, Chase. I was just saying, cause yeah, that makes sense. Cause when it comes to cable, they're just sending out a wave signal to everybody's yeah. receiver, their satellite, you mm -hmm. know, until it became fiber optics for some people on cable. So, I mean, that makes sense because now you have all these servers that you have to build, maintain, yeah. have people watch over it versus, hey, yeah, send out the signal. Yeah. But streaming is turning into, I mean, I, I think that they're kind of, they're they're heading into a crossroads though because it's it's turning into kind of like what will said like they're paying for their own infrastructure so it's a big investment mm, but the, yeah. the the biggest thing that they had going for them was like this whole kind of you know cut the cut the cable movement where it's like you know this is way cheaper than your cable but now when you have yeah. seven or eight services that you're paying for it's like crap Same now cost. i'm just back to yeah it's i'm back to what i was paying before so um, yeah. I, I definitely think they're heading into a crossroad and i and i don't know if there's going to be this shift kind of like what Disney Plus did what um, Warner Brothers did with HBO Max, where maybe these studios might start just saying, like, you know what, we need to maybe just do our own kind of services and and stop kind of like uh, uh, you know giving licenses out to Netflix and Hulu and all these other services. It, it's just a weird place right now for streaming for sure. I would well, find that's that already lucrative. started to happen. Yeah, with, Sony's with doing that. Yeah, yeah. That, but that's already happened though. Where you know a lot of these companies have said, "Well, yeah, we're, we can't license this product out because we need it for for our yeah. streaming service." Yeah. So it's kind of turned into this whole proxy war over over content, uh, essentially, where you know everybody wants their own stuff back to be able to use it to to beef up their streaming services. And and Gabe, what you said, where it's like streaming is becoming like the new cable in a sense, mm -hmm. where. It's just been interesting to listen to the conversation, especially from like more of my casual friends and acquaintances over the years where now, you know, I'm hearing like, yeah, I got to pay this much for another streaming app. It's like most people just want one or two, which is what it used to be. It used yeah. to just mm -hmm. be Netflix and you could get everything you wanted or most of mm -hmm. what you wanted, right? In terms of mainstream movies and, and a lot of people like to watch old movies. Now, yep. one could say that's an argument for physical media. It's like, well, if you want to watch old movies, your favorite movies, just buy them, right? But yeah, Netflix used to be the place for that, and yep. that's not the case anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Now you got to, if you want to watch this, you have to buy Hulu. Well, if you want to watch this movie, you got to buy Disney Plus or HBO Max. It's uh, yeah, it's it's becoming a situation where people are going to have to choose which streaming services they want, and and that's part of why uh, they, they find themselves in this predicament where they're spending all this money to, to put out the biggest and the best content. And they're all in this race to try to do that. But it, it, so far, it's just, it's not paying off. Um, yeah. You know, as, as you've talked about, I don't think any of them have made money other than Netflix. And even then, as Gabe mentioned, it's a revolving door. So 
yeah, it, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird time in the industry, and especially with the strikes still happening in Hollywood and all that mm-hmm. going on, a lot of that uh, is over um, some of the streaming rights and and whether or not you know actors and and crews that work on these projects, if they're ever going to see a percentage of, of that revenue from streaming, uh, which is interesting because there's revenue, but there's not profit right now. So, you know, uh, now the studios have to deal with that. Right. And where, you know, the industry wants a piece of, or or I should say the crew members and the actors, they want a piece of that, right. They want a Mm -hmm. piece of that pie. So that's another challenge in addition to having to also deal with six or seven competitors within the space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's interesting how this is all kind of like interlinked because I know we were talking about, I think we're talking about that that uh, Hot Wings episode with Matt Damon, right? Where he was talking about mm-hmm. um, why can't they make kind of like more smaller independent projects anymore theatrically? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he pretty much talked yeah. about, you know, how the DVD and Blu-ray, like how that was just a massive, you know, profit for the, these movie studios. And now that you've taken that away, they can't really invest all this money into these smaller projects because it's like, you know, there's not going to be a turnout in terms of like the physical media portion. So I, I sometimes I wonder if this is all kind of kind of go around full circle where it's like okay streaming like we we can't make profit from it right like i mean we're just kind of like breaking even um like is it going to turn to this thing where it's like okay now physical media starts becoming a thing again because people are realizing like i'm paying you know for 20 different streaming services um and i can't get all the content i want in like one kind of location so i wonder i mean that's me being too optimistic but it could turn into this thing yeah. where you know we we start going straying back to kind of physical media and and more independent theatrical releases because like i i just don't know how long the system can be sustainable for well, that's a big part of it gabe but it what also is a big concern and people are starting to see this more and more is these companies removing content just oh, yeah. randomly without reason out of the blue you know there was a big thing with sony doing that months back um mm-hmm. they've done it with like you know video games in the gaming industry that's happened a few times but they've also done it for i guess i don't know if it was sony or one of the other companies i think sony it was is for sony playstation where, yeah people had purchased these movies they mm-hmm. had, they had these movies in their libraries in their digital libraries so to speak um mm-hmm. in the cloud or whatever you want to call it and and sony just you know one day the content it was just gone it just wasn't yeah. there it's not and ownership had, yeah. No, no, it's not. I mean, and this is one thing we've said thousands of times, and, and you've, we've all heard it before, that physical media, when you buy physical media, you right. own it. it. It is a copy, mm-hmm. but it is your copy. That is yeah. your copy. You can you can watch that. You can take it with you wherever you go. You can watch it whenever you want. You know, they cannot take it away from you. Um, and, and that that will always be the benefit of having something physical in your hands that you can touch and call your own. So, and, and we're kind of seeing that um, with when they make moves like that, where they just take things down. And, and I think that happened with South Park too. And nobody could watch South Park for a while. And then now who, I think it's on Hulu now, but um, or Max that now. that's obviously become much more of a concern in more recent years. Yeah. Yep. When it comes 100%. to those licenses, become bidding wars. You know how much they paid Max paid for those uh, distribution rights yeah. on South Park. And then, yeah. like, you know, then it gets become even to, like, a bigger measuring contest because then you have Paramount Plus that owns the actual rights, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, Viacom and stuff like that under Comedy Central. They were mm-hmm. mad that they went and distributed that deal and they limited them, I believe it was five or six episodes instead of, like, the typical 10 to 13 episode seasons. Yeah. Th- that's just dumb, you know, just to mm-hmm. limit somebody else. Like, 
yeah, it, it's just that's why like streaming just gets agitating, you know, and that's why they yeah, all these specials. it's doing, all it's doing is punishing consumers at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, yeah. that who suffers the most is the people that are paying for these subscription services, and and they're told that yeah, you have all these options, but you really you really don't have all these options. There's like an illusion out there or was for a long time that, oh, well, streaming, I don't need physical media. I can just watch it on streaming. Like, yeah, you can watch it on streaming until you can't, until they decide yeah. that they just don't want to license it anymore or mm-hmm. the company that that was offering the license decides they want it back, which has happened, you know, countless times in the last two and a half, three years, you know, uh, since all these companies started coming out with their own streaming platforms. So, yeah, it, it's definitely... Uh, a wild time right now for streaming as well. Yeah. And do you I feel like it's, it's doom and gloom? What, what's up? I was asking Will, do you feel like it's doom and gloom? Because I know you asked me that question and I went on a statistical tirade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I try to stay positive. You guys know me. Like, I wasn't worried about the Best Buy thing. I'm, I'm not worried about streaming either. I think it's just a matter of these companies figuring out a way to move forward that is successful for everybody and, and profitable, right? And, mm-hmm. I knew it's going to take, maybe maybe it'll take longer. It might take a few more years for this to work out, right? Um, I mean, but, you know, if if, if, it, if you want to call it a free market where all these companies are competing, you know, the ones that are successful will be the ones that are successful. I think the traditional studios realized, especially this year, and we talked about like Oppenheimer and Barbie, they need theater chains to, to, to make profit, right? Because yeah. if, if the streaming services haven't been profitable, theatrical releases have been profitable they're still making a lot of money from physical sales you know we Mm -hmm. can say all we want that you know physical media is a collector's market now and in a lot of large parts i guess i could say in a large part it is but it's still very profitable and in terms of the money that they're losing from streaming i think the the sales that they make with physical media so far it's been a decent offset to some of the money they've lost. Not all of it. It hasn't been able to replace all of it. I think combined, um, there was an article, I'll pull this up in a second here, I'm just loading. Uh, I think they've lost like Disney, Hulu, HBO Max, Warner Brothers. Millions. They've lost mm-hmm. like, I think it's close to 20 billion in losses. Golly. That's which a lot is of money, man. Crazy. That is that is crazy. But it, it but like what think you said, it. well, it's, it's, you know, it, it is still profitable because when you have, you know, Disney yeah. re- releasing Mandalorian, WandaVision, uh, uh, Prey, which is, you know, that Hulu exclusive, like they're starting to release these things that would they told us would be just, you know, predominantly exclusive to those streaming services. Now, all of a sudden, a few months later, it's like, hey, mm-hmm. you guys can buy them on, on physical. I think that they see a market there and there, there are some numbers there that are, you know, influencing to do that. They're not doing that out of the kindness of their hearts. Yeah. You know, they're not doing yeah. it because we asked for it. it. It's because they know that there's a profit there. So um, yeah. I think that that's uh, like, you know, I think that's one aspect to be optimistic about. It's like we're seeing a lot of these like, you know, they're supposed to be exclusive streaming, you know, titles. And all of a sudden they're coming out on on physical media. Yeah. And if I could piggyback off of that 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 point, like with with theatrical releases and physical releases, at least, and this may not be the case. I'm not entirely sure how it is behind the scenes, how they divide those profits, or how those profits are then reinvested or spread out uh, amongst their their resources. But if you release a movie theatrically, in mm-hmm. the case of Oppenheimer, that is revenue that you are making directly from that theatrical run, right? Whereas with streaming. 
it's not like you release one movie on streaming and people pay for that movie necessarily, unless it's a case in which like Amazon Prime, for example, rents certain movies. Like I think an HD movie on Amazon Prime is like three ninety nine or something like that. It's like four dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's a situation where studios are making money directly from somebody renting or in in this case with physical media purchasing that product or in the case of theatrical movies ticket sales whereas with most streaming platforms you're paying a flat fee and they're then taking the profits from that or in this case they don't have profits but they're taking that revenue and just re reinvesting it so there's there's no real it's not necessarily streamlined in a sense like a theatrical release or with a physical release where it's like, okay, we sold this many physical copies of Prey. This is the profit directly from those physical sales, right? Yeah. With streaming, subscribers are paying a flat fee, whether it's mm-hmm. $9.99 or $14.99, $19.99, you know, what have you. Um, and, and that revenue is then spread out amongst all this different content. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it, it's, it's just harder, I think, to kind of track, right? And, and I'm sure these companies, obviously, they have internal statistics and data and, and, and reports. Um, but it, I just think it's easier to look at a theatrical release or a physical release or rentals and understand, okay, well, they're making profit from that. And that's why they've, they've come out and said, you know, theaters are still important because obviously movies like Oppenheimer and Barbie, they're, they're still bringing in a lot of money. Um, and studios look at that. Uh, as a way of offsetting a lot of the losses they've had with streaming. That's why we've seen in a lot of these trailers, specifically for newer movies, like like Killers of the Flower Moon, exclusively mm-hmm. in movie theaters, and then mm-hmm. streaming. But it, yeah. it's available on streaming, or will be soon. I don't know if mm-hmm. it is yet. But there's a reason why there's been this push to release movies exclusively in theaters, at least for a, a period of time before making them available on streaming, because studios know that even though it's a traditional method, they're still making more money with those with those runs than they necessarily would make from streaming. It's pure, and I know uh, we, we want to get into demographics here in a second, but the, with theatrical releases, yeah. it is pure profit. I had spoken to someone who worked kind of like higher up in the theatrical chain uh, mm-hmm. in terms of how it worked. And this was years ago, but it's probably still the same thing now, is that when you release something like Oppenheimer, um, the studio is making, let's say, I don't know the exact numbers, I'm just kind of making these up, but like they'll they'll uh, go to AMC and say, you know, show this movie, we're gonna take like 90%, 95% of the, as profit, and we'll pay you the other 10, 5%, the first, the first few weeks it's out. And then the longer the movie is out, yeah. that starts transitioning to the theater making more money and then the studio taking less of a cut as time goes on because most people see the movie you know within the first month of its release but right. it, it works out for everybody because when everyone's going to see a movie that first month they're buying concessions they're buying all this stuff you know at the, at the actual theater so it, it yeah. works for everybody whereas like what you described with streaming man it's just kind of like you know you're paying your flat fee and that's being dispersed out to all this different content, all these different licenses. So it, it becomes kind of like this, you know, this this money game. And it's 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 very difficult to kind of uh, keep track of and manage. So theatrical releases are definitely still the way I think studios can turn a, a big profit. It's just they're not they're not investing the time or effort to do so. Mm. So um, I know we want to actually talk about uh, local demographics, like how kind of like, you know, uh, uh, physical media sales have been impacted by our own individual markets. I know we all live in different parts of the country, uh, but we wanted to get someone's insight first, I think, uh, from a user. It's from our Discord community, right, Chase? 
Yep, you got it. We've got Mr. Forsim Pyro from our friend from across the pond, otherwise known by his government name of Chris. So uh, he will be joining us. You know, there's a lot of really cool insights. He's been doing a lot of research. He's very excited to join us and give us because a lot of people don't realize this, but a lot of what we enjoy here in America in the physical media community is across is from across the pond. So mm-hmm. he's done a lot of research, got a lot of cool insight, and he's ready to talk all day about what he sees over there. Sweet. And we'll bring him on just to get that insight because I think what, you know, like what you said, we we don't see that here in America, but also I think what happens internationally, I think it's good to know just because it could always impact us too at the end of the day. So let, let's bring him on and, and let's talk to him. Awesome. Without further ado, here's Mr. Chris. All right, everybody, we have Chris here with us from across the pond. As you guys were listening before he joined us, we gave you our insight, our personal taste flavors, how we feel about Best Buy, how we feel about Target with Walmart's market share and everything, how we kind of feel that's impacting us personally and how it's going to impact physical media, streaming, theatrical runs, the whole nine yards. So without further ado, I want to open it up for the state of physical media over there in the UK to Mr. Chris, how he feels like, it, how it's either blooming, how it might be dying. You know, I don't like usually saying that, especially, you know, you have a lot of studios over there with uh, Studio Canal, you have Arrow, you have Second Sight. You've got a lot of things that we import over here just as much as you import yeah. our <laughs> titles over there, you yeah. know. So yeah. how is it looking over there for you, my man? Well, if I'm honest, it's actually looking pretty good at the moment. I mean, every day there seems to be an announcement. Doesn't doesn't show any sign of slowing down. I know people have been collecting since, well, VHS, Laserdisc to DVDs and then Blu-ray. And it it doesn't really seem to slow down that much since the peak of Blu-ray. Interesting. Wow, yeah. I, I think it's been doing pretty well. Okay, because over here we were just talking about at least over here in the states, Chris. Just you know how I mean, it's been this huge transition and push to streaming, which I'm sure over there, obviously, you know, streaming is probably pretty big too. Yeah. But what do you think? What do you think is sustaining it over there? Like you said, like it still has this kind of like pretty good outlook. What do you think is sustaining that? I'm I'm not sure. I was normally it's more older people buying physical media, and it's normally actually DVDs. Mm-hmm. And well, we have a place called H and V, which you can, which is where most people I would have thought would buy their, buy their physical media, and and they've basically been pushing 4K more. That my local place has quite mm-hmm. a wide selection of 4Ks, even more than DVDs now. Oh wow, wow, more more so than DVDs. Yeah, probably, and they've got a whole, uh, what's it called, sort of boutique label section and horror movie section. It's mm-hmm. they're okay, pushing so Blu-rays and 4Ks more. So Strangely, they do actually do sell more DVDs, though. Interesting. Oh, okay. Apparently. So let me pose this to you, because I, you know, whenever it comes to like the the Discord and the Reddit, you know, we always like to say like build a sense of community here because. My favorite saying is I can't go with my new Terrifier 2 steelbook and go run to my neighbor like, dude, look what I got. You know what I mean? (laughs) Is it easier for you to have that kind of, you know, hey, what DVD did you pick up? What Blu-ray? What 4K did you pick up? Is it easier in your neck of the woods to start that conversation with somebody than it might be, you know, where we're all three located? Good question. Not really. Okay. Mm. I mean, uh, a lot of my uh, friends watch a lot of movies, Mm. but they just watch it on streaming. Okay. 
that dynamic is still over there where the, I mean, the streaming, it still sounds like it's predominant and like, you can't like, kind of, I mean, you, you share kind of the same, you know, struggle that we do where it's like, it's difficult kind of establishing a community locally with people that collect and, and being able to hold these mm -hmm. conversations. But it, but it sounds like a lot of people over there though, are still, even with streaming that they're still going out to purchase, even though it's DVDs, but it, like, it sounds like a lot of people are still just purchasing movies. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I went on. I went actually on one Saturday, and it, HMV was just packed of just wow. people buying, mostly young people. Surprisingly, normally it's sort of middle-aged people just picking up DVDs, but it was it was young people buying probably oh, wow. horror films because it was yeah the horror market, Halloween. man. <laughs> yeah, market. Specifically with collectors, I feel like horror is uh, it's big amongst collectors. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's very lucrative, especially like when you have people like Arrow that'll get a hold of, um, you know, oh, the most yeah. obscure titles, do a great transfer. Yeah. Like that also leads me to ask a question. You know, I didn't actually look into this, but does with Arrow being based there, do they use HMV as their boutique front or do they actually have places that you can go into and purchase like their titles from them individually? Or are they just a direct distributor um, and consumer? Um, as far as I'm aware, I haven't seen other than Amazon. I haven't seen Arrow being sold anywhere else. Oh, and, interesting. Really? Oh, interesting. Wow. We, well, we, we don't really have anything else other than Amazon or H&V. Interesting. Okay. All, all the sort of supermarkets um, all stopped selling physical media a while ago. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. H&V, do they, they specialize in physical media, Chris, or are they kind of more like a yeah. Walmart or a Best Buy? Okay, so no, they're, no, they're they, they, they physical they, media? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they're, they're actually making a comeback. They, they died down... Uh, uh, a few years ago, but uh, they're coming back up. Got a new shop opening in Oxford Street that closed down in 2019. Okay. Do Do you so think some of that was that. the the pandemic had a big uh, had a big role in that, where people were buying more movies when everyone was kind of in lockdown? If I'm honest, I think the place where it's come back would be probably vinyl. I think that is actually because they also they physical media they sell CDs, vinyl. Mm. And then DVDs, Blu-ray, 4K. And I think that saved them. That would be my guess. Interesting. Yeah. That's so interesting. It's so I mean, different it makes sense. from here, too. I mean, like, vinyl, that makes sense because it's a huge draw. Just like, uh, you know, like mm. back in 2022, mid-year, you had 4K reach its peak, right? Which kind of had its highs and lows based on the graphs that we've looked at and we talked about earlier. But vinyl has been overtaking CD sales massively, you know, ever since mm -hmm. it's made a huge comeback. People I mean, like that vinyl sound. Yeah. I did ask them, and they, uh, the people at work, HME, they said they probably sell about equal vinyl to CD. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Okay, and how common is it to have an HMV? I know you said they're reopening and stuff like that. Is it well, like you got to go my, lo my local one is only 15-minute 15, 15 drive. Okay. And Not bad. So it's like it's about two point three miles away from me, and then the next one's six miles away, and then nine miles away. So they're they're pretty close. And some people, if they live in the middle of nowhere, probably can't get to one. Yeah, mm. yeah. And That's you might just be unfortunate. 
But it, it, it sounds like, I mean, like, I mean, when you're listing like six miles, nine miles, I mean, that's a lot of different, at least for me where, where I'm at. And I don't know, maybe for Will and, and Chase too, but that's a lot of just like physical media stores in one like yeah. radius. Like for yeah. me, it's like, you know, I have one in the middle of the city and then, you know, 20 miles out each way, maybe even 30 miles out each way there, there isn't another one. So mm. the fact that you have one six miles, nine miles, 12 miles, that's, th- th- it sounds like there's quite a bit of them. Mm. Yeah, I, I just checked now. My, yeah, my local one's 2.3, 7.3, 9.4 miles away. That's pretty solid. You know, and I understand the stretch of there, you know, uh, a city with a lot of history or, you know, a country with a lot of history. I apologize. Country with a lot of history behind it. You know, things are going to be, it might be a little bit harder to navigate, you know, kind of like where I live. Mm. Two miles can be a while, but if I go a different way, two miles, I can hit a lot in mm. one area, you know, mm. um, just because of where I'm located. So that definitely makes sense. So I would love to pose this other question to you just because like we kind of preface that a little bit, you know, like I, I imported that Hellraiser set, you know, I imported that psycho set, you know, arrow mm-hmm. does great work out there and it doesn't yeah. seem like it's, you know, you still have to go through Amazon or I'm assuming through them directly, um, to get those arrow titles, um, but not brick and mortar physically. So how easy is it? So like, for example, we have diabolic here, we have grindhouse video, we have atomic movie store, we have some great third-party sites that I definitely wanted to shout out where, you know, for pretty much the same price, you know, they got the import fees and stuff. Do you have anywhere else online where you can get like that Godzilla Steelbook, the upcoming Black Hawk Down, any of those Sony ones where you can get them for a little bit easier kind of dollar to swallow than paying $17, $18 due to like the restrictions for imports and the taxes and regulations over there? I mean, not that I know. There's one company that I know of called Film Treasures, I think. Um, but they're they're sort of quite expensive. I don't know if they have sales. So what I've been doing, I'm buying them on Amazon. Okay. Because I get you get free shipping. Oh, even on imported titles, you can because yeah. when I go through Amazon, I gotta pay like seventeen dollars yeah, to bring. Wait. <laughs> wait, yeah, that's well, great over there. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a benefit. It, it sounds like. I can order from the US store, then I have to, the US Amazon store, then I have to pay uh, shipping. But I can order from the UK Amazon website, an American title shipped from America, and won't have to pay any shipping. Nice. Well, you got a benefit we so, don't. Yeah, man. Yeah. When I try to switch yeah. it up on mine, it's, uh, I'm getting hit with that shipping yeah. pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I ordered, um, I stupidly ordered the Godzilla Steelbook, 1998 Godzilla Steelbook for. Yeah. 38 pounds it's about 43 here right? yeah i think yeah exchange rates and then it came it was broken so i sent it back then ordered it on the uk one and it was only 29 including shipping which was free oh i so wonder how that wow. works i wonder why that happens over there it, not over here yeah we're being punished and yeah we're, we're jealous the, the by exchange the way. rates don't make sense always it's like Fright Night when that was £10, so I got that for £25. That's not obviously equal exchange rate. Interesting. But it, it, it seems for sure over there, like there is some, like what you said, a lot of, I mean, you have a lot of the, the they're called HMV is the store? Mm. Yes. HMV. So His you, you have voice stands for. Oh, okay. And so you have quite a bit of those. And like you said, they, they're they're pretty... I mean, they 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 get packed. They get pretty busy, and you have a lot of people buying physical media out there. But there isn't any distinguishing factor that you can kind of identify that's that is pointing people to to 
buying movies over there because at least for me on you know on my side of the states it's you know it's rare to see someone in, in a in a physical media aisle like sometimes I, it could just be me most of the time it's just me you know what i mean i don't really see a lot of people picking titles up um but some there there is some kind of something different going on over there where a lot of people are shifting towards going to brick and mortar stores but it's not something like you can kind of identify yourself no, probably not. Don't really. No, it don't work there. That's interesting. That's super if interesting. If I could, that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to pose this to you too, Chris, just because uh, I know you said it was kind of okay that you wanted to bring this up a little bit, but it looks like uh, physical media collecting was passed through the bloodline. So how does uh, your lineage see the transition and the easy cost of acquisition and the shift of the landscape um kind of see what how it's heading how it's going like if you know because your 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 whole family collects physical media as far as the conversation we had right well yeah it's, it's most of all my dad yeah who has been collecting since vhs and then laserdisc all, oh, all the way through to 4k and yeah so he he thinks that is going well as well that sales are good okay that's Your solid. dad has to have a conversation with my dad. He doesn't. He doesn't buy any 4K. He just continues to buy Blu-rays, even though I've told him many times that the resolution's much higher. I've told him the perks of HDR and Dolby Vision, but he's just. Uh, and you get brand new remasters as well yeah. most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big thing for me. And then you also get the Blu-ray included on there. I mean, I don't know. It took me a little while to get away from those shiny blue cla- blue cases to okay. like the pure black. <laughs> yeah. You know, the blue just looks nice on a shelf. Um, I, I prefer the black, to be honest. Yeah, it it looks cool. Um, I do want to also bring this up. Uh, so, according to UK laws, you cannot, which would also kind of be a cool American law with what we've been seeing with the Warner Brothers releases, where you can still find digital codes that are mm. expired, but you can't redeem them. But on the case, it's advertised as coming with one. UK laws prohibit any type of perishable good, as far as I'm aware, from being included in something along the loo of physical media. So, if let's say they find a lot of backstock, you know, let's say they find 100 copies of um uh, what's one dune let's just that's, i don't know why that's the one i'm thinking of mm-hmm. so you find 100 copies of dune but all the digital codes are expired that is technically a civil suit that the company could be facing based on my research for uk laws so do you remember a time whenever digital codes used to come with that do you find it kind of inconvenient that you can't build a digital code collection because i always like having the backup you know i'm not a digital code watcher but i mean you know if i'm out traveling because sometimes i travel for my job and i might be away from my physical media collection it's nice to be able to pop open the 4k or something just sign into my apple tv you know my youtube because i have movies anywhere but it doesn't seem like you can reap that benefit of that. How do you do you just stick to purely physical media? Do you double dip and get some digital yeah. sales going? I yeah, I, I don't think I've I've only ever used the digital code once. Okay. Wow. And okay. and and that was to watch San Andreas. At <laughs> okay. School. <laughs> uh, so it's not a predominant. But, I mean, thing yeah, because yeah, yeah, we don't get them anymore with our four Ks. Yeah, the only digital codes I have are from American Imports and Sully, which I got in the UK. Just completely a random. Oh, so the codes here work so, over there. I haven't actually tried. Probably should. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
it Fair. doesn't sound like it's the, the digital code thing is a big it's a big deal no. it's not a deal breaker yeah i mean i've never even thought of it to be a deal breaker and meanwhile over here we have people <laughs> scavenging through codes asking for yeah. codes like it's yeah it's it's a totally different culture over here <laughs> mm. See people see codes on there on a on a 4K hall and they're DMing people asking them, "May I have mm-hmm. that?" <laughs> oh, it's so weird. It's so different. Yeah, absolutely. Well, any questions that you may have for him? Any questions? Inside? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still I'm interested. You mentioned that I I don't know if I heard you correctly, Chris, but did you guys you you used to have digital codes there or was that never? Yeah. Okay. We used to have you them know for Blu-ray. Ago that was. Oh, for blue. Oh, only for Blu-ray. Yeah, I mean, I've, okay. I've got some Blu-ray sitting next to me there. Actually, the Alvin and the Chipmunks box set. Yeah. And they all come with digital codes. Nice. Yeah, that's so yeah, interesting. Yeah, it says Blu-ray, DVD, plus digital codes. Well, digital okay. copy. But everyone over there with a the digital code, it's like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not important. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anyone who uses them. Fair enough. I mean, that that probably is. Work. I probably just don't know oh, that. Go ahead. Oh no, go right on ahead. I was just curious. It's like movies anywhere because I know it, movies anywhere doesn't extend up to Canada. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't. I didn't know that. Mm-mm. No, it's lame. Oh, lame, lame. That's yeah. People do digital codes. Yeah. Then in, yeah, in the it, UK, I'll just check to see what we have. Um, find the digital copy. I think it's UV something. Oh, the UV. Oh, ultra. Yeah, oh, no. wow. yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. But you could still Seriously. claim a whole bunch of those codes. Yeah, they yeah. went out years ago. Like, I'm I think per- they went out yeah. seven years ago, maybe. Or maybe wow. six years ago. Yeah, just goes to show how long I haven't actually. <laughs> just sitting on those codes. You can still claim yeah. a lot of them, though. And for, like, I, I actually popped some open that I uh, uh, had sitting on my shelf, and like the code said it expired in like 2016 or something. And I put it in, and it worked. Surprisingly, I, I don't know why, but um, you know, but it, it doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal. So there, there is. It sounds like there's definitely like some different. I don't want to even call it like a cultural thing. There's different like dynamics in terms over there. Like it doesn't sound like digital's are that important. Um, it, it sounds like you get a lot more influx in terms of the brick and mortar stores than we than we do, mm. Uh, mm. but it doesn't sound like there's any like identifiable variable as to why, which is pretty interesting. Maybe that's just kind of like the. I mean, maybe it's just been a norm over there for for quite some time. I mean, we had it as a norm too, so I, I can't like. It's hard for me to kind of differentiate what the difference is between over there and here in terms of why physical media it's still strong over here it's still strong but it's you know we have a lot of these kind of you know doom and gloom discussions sometimes about where it's headed yeah it um yeah, Chris, i want to ask you about oh go ahead chase no go ahead i was just going to continue no, i was i was going to ask about uh film treasures is that is that an online retailer only or do they have physical locations because i i know That's you far- mentioned hmv and, and amazon are pretty much your main go-to's over there for uh for movies but like over here we have uh like vinegar syndrome has a couple pop-up stores chase has one near him i have one about an hour and a half away but that's pretty much it for brick and mortar other than you know uh soon to be gone you know best buy and target but i was just curious about that yeah as far as i'm aware it's online only okay 
I'm assuming they do a lot of like boutique stuff out maybe then more so than like mainstream releases. I'm going to have to check them out. Mm. That's interesting. I mean, HMV to me is just great because it, it does everything. Yeah. yeah. Do you get anything cheaper? Like the second sites, are they pretty much the same thing we pay, but just we pay the import fees like for Studio uh, Canal, Second Sight, and Arrow? You pay the same penny for penny, just no import fees? Um, I mean, the second site stuff is currently £28, which is... can't do that math in my head. Don't know what that is in dollars. No, so that's for like the big box editions? You can get them for £28? Is that uh, no, that's, those, just, those that's just standard. Oh, okay. I'm about to say, yeah, you've definitely got the hookup <laughs> over like, there. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just look at HMV right now on the yeah, what is online. That, like $35 like... US, I think. Yeah, about. I think it's 1.2 um, conversion rate, but it goes up and down because sometimes okay. I try to articulate yeah. it. That's why I go through Grindhouse now. Because, I mean, it adds up plus those import fees, you know, and it, it sucks. Yeah. Like, I, I want to support Arrow directly, but, you know... Um, Oh, I just thought of this because we, you know, we have the affiliation with uh, Zavi, actually. Zavi. Yeah. So, like, Zavi is not a big player. Uh, yeah, over there. that's another one. Oh, okay. Um, I think it is, but I, I don't buy from them because to me, the prices are better, better yeah. in HMV. Fair enough. Um, wow. Okay. They're just, they're just not that competitive, really. Okay. Mm. Yeah, because they own Arrow. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you, well, you can't go in and go to a Zavi shop. There's no brick and mortar stores. That I'm gotcha. Of. Okay. Fair enough. Even, I'm actually even if up I'm ordering treasures. On... Oh, go ahead. Even if I'm ordering online from HMV, I will still order it into the store because it's just easy to go collect it, and I probably will buy something else in store. Yeah. Just the impulse. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you guys have to? I don't know why. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. I, I think it was another YouTuber I was watching that collects Criterion. Do you guys not have like access to Criterion there, or do you have to import it? Um, we we do kind of. I think we have some Blu-rays, but now I think starting October we get there's four 4Ks officially released in the UK by nice. Criterion. Hmm. So you guys are just kind of playing catch Which up a little bit with some 4K hours releases. And- yeah yeah interesting yeah i mean it sounds yeah. like the uk is starting to kind of like i mean with i remember a few years back like criterion was like this like it was uh, at least from what i was reading online like with the uk it was difficult to kind of get some criterion releases mm. i mean i i they have a probably about a one meter shelf space which is two levels just for criterion blu-rays mm. and DVDs, I'm not sure if they do DVDs. I haven't really looked into them. But, yeah. And then 4Ks, we've got four, which is After Hours, uh, the Guillermo del Toro, Pinocchio, uh, The Last Picture Show, and something else. Can't remember. Oh, so there's like a whole bunch like like Citizen Kane you guys don't have, or the others that just came out. Like Those haven't been uh, made for the UK yet? Well, we, we do have a Citizen Kane, but I think it's Studio Canal. Yeah, because oh, they did the oh, Studio yeah. Canal one. That, yeah, because yeah, Studio Canal cool. the right. Yeah, it it does yeah. look pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's interesting that they, the sales are just like. I mean, it sounds like you you at least from your perspective, like you're very optimistic in terms of the sales and how yeah. physical media is performing over there. Mm. I mean, yeah. at my local H and B, there is getting the problem that yeah. there's not enough shelf space anymore for the new 4K releases. 
Interesting. Man, that's so weird hearing that here, at least over yeah. here. <laughs> and while they're we're shrinking. wishing we had those options here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. We, we we we're dealing with shrinking shelves. We're dealing with, you know, <laughs> a lot of these retailers, they're I mean getting rid of the stuff. And and it sounds like over there they're like, Well, we need more shelves. <laughs> we need more shelving mm-hmm. space. I'm sure they can buy best. They don't always shelves. have everything in stock. Sorry, what are you saying? Oh, I was saying I'm sure H and V will be willing to buy Best Buy's old shelving that they're gonna probably throw away. Skip <laughs> <laughs> it overseas, man. And it occurs you. I mean, it sounded like we kind of went through some of our questions that we wanted to ask, but it sounds like you had some points too that you had written down in terms of what's going on over there in the UK. Is there anything that you wanted to bring up that we haven't asked you about? Um, not really. Other than just what I really think the future of physical media would be. I just wanted to say some stuff about that yeah tell us because we just went through it we we actually right before you got on we were talking about the state of physical media uh like our personal outlooks on it but i mean our obviously our perspective is you know confined to what we see here in the states so Mm -hmm. i mean it'd be we we'd love hearing your perspective in terms of what you're seeing out there in the uk i mean yeah personally i think you probably would agree this but they're moving towards more boutique labels releasing catalog yeah things and i think that that will definitely be the future i mean Mm. brand new releases get released by studios and the rest will be dealt with by booty labels i mean that does mean that companies like shout factory will have to probably i don't know open stores in the uk that would be nice because can't get any of that or kino lorba Mm. do you do you guys i mean this is for you chris too and and jason well do you guys see that happening like shout factory and uh kino and you know like those branching out over to like the uk i definitely see kino i know with shout studio canal owns a lot of the rights in the uk that scream factory Mm. some of the scream factory stuff here in the u.s so Mm. uh, that'd be an interesting yeah i i I would just wonder how that would work with the licensing and the rights issues you know that would be my Mm, yeah that that, that is the biggest problem yeah yeah, that's why I had a thing about the the licensing issues being a bit of a pain. Right. It's funny, Chris, because I'm actually I'm I mentioned earlier I'm looking up film treasures and it it looks like they're kind of like I mean what we know here in the U.S. like Diabolic DVD, um, Grindhouse Video, Orbit DVD. They're kind of like more boutique uh, focused um, distribution companies. So it looks like Film Treasures actually distributes a lot they have arrow yeah. obviously severin yeah. but actually have like vinegar syndrome and scream factory as well which is interesting yeah, they got blue so they, underground and stuff yeah blue underground which is a favorite of mine and a lot of others but Same. um yeah so it looks like they're kind of providing that right now but it'd be interesting to see moving forward if if things continue on that trajectory like whether or not more like independent mom and pop shops uh pop up uh, over there hmm I mean, yeah, I think brick and mortar stores would be best thing mm. to have to get imports from. There used to be a place near me that my dad was talking about uh, in the probably nineties, where he would get imported uh, laser discs from. Mm. That's pretty cool. Are are there a lot? Because I know we were asking about HMV specifically, but do you have a lot of? Just kind of like what Will was saying, like mom and pop shops that just kind of sell physical media. That that's just kind of what they do. Mm, like they like own really, kind of like small businesses. Really. Okay, so that's not. I mean, we used to have. I mean, this was like 
10, 15 years ago, but I, here where I lived, there was quite a few of them. And then they started kind of trickling down as time went on. Um, I think most of them are gone, unfortunately. Um, so the, the, the only one here, at least on my end is Zia records. Um, that's where I buy a lot of my, like a physical media from. So, um, it sounds like HMV is just kind of taking over that space and that's where everyone goes right now. Yeah. I, I, I think definitely people do still shop on Zavi online. Mm-hmm. Because they they do quite good steel books. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they do great exclusives. But yeah, we were kind of bummed uh, on not... stop shipping them over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard that about was a big that. thing for us. Yeah, that's yeah. As a person who doesn't really collect steel books, mostly just buy standard releases. Is that? I mean, just to piggyback off that real quick, just because I know we 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 really enjoy steel books. Is that a big thing over at HMV? Is there a big like? A, for lack of a better term, steelbook population, where a lot of people are like trying to buy steelbooks over there. I mean, they they you do have a HMV exclusive steelbooks, which just seem to be the Best Buy steelbooks. Mm, there we go. They seem to be the same. Yeah. They seem to be the same exact design. Yeah, we were just touching on that earlier. Just that a lot of, I mean, with Best Buy going out of not going out of business, but getting rid of the physical media aspect um, that a lot of those like worldwide exclusive art or um, worldwide available art is kind of used by other retailers. And it sounds like HMV has picked up a lot of those steel books. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they're labeled HMV exclusive, but they're mostly just. That's so interesting. Small. I wonder why all these retailers do that. Why does Best Buy do that? Why does HMV do that? I think that the, the French side, I think it's FNAC. Yeah. Um, FNAC. Yeah. Yeah, they say. I think they say the same thing too. I don't know why they call it exclusive when it's not. <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm looking at the HMV website at the moment. You got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three HMV exclusive, The Flash HMV exclusive, Rise of the Beast HMV exclusive, and it, yeah, you guys they, had they, a... they... Oh, go ahead, Chris. Every single sort of release nowadays that is. Uh, a brand new release does get a HMV exclusive, like I guess what happened with Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was one exclusive though that we didn't get. I think it was when um uh last night in Soho came out. Oh god! I think you yeah. guys had some like I think it was like a, if it was like a, a steel book or a can it was like a slip with a steel book. I think you guys had that. We didn't we didn't get that whatsoever. Yeah, I haven't seen that before. It's it's not for sale at the moment currently. Unless it's Zavi. Well, let's uh, go buy some of yeah, Best Buy's Yeah, I mean, it sounds stock. like you, you sound a lot more, I mean, we're, we're, pro- we're optimistic as well, Chris. I think, like, even with a lot of, like, the doom and gloom stuff that, you know, you see on social media and people are making videos about, especially with, you know, Best Buy announcing they're getting rid of physical media. We we were kind of just talking about how we, we don't see it that way. We don't see kind of like this doom and gloom perspective, at least on our ends. And it doesn't sound like you see it that way either. And if anything, it sounds like it's thriving over there. Yeah, I mean, there's there's new releases still coming out every day. If it was dying, I wouldn't expect them to be releasing stuff, even from <laughs> studios releasing catalog releases. Yeah, or seeing Warner Brothers. Yeah. Or HMV being packed on Halloween. Because over here, it's... It's, you know, everyone's like, oh, what, you know, what streaming service has this horror movie or, you know, that horror movie? And it's, you know, we Mm. don't see people flocking to the stores buying, you know, Halloween themed films. But over there, that seems like that's the thing. It's like it's Halloween time. We're all going to go to HMV and and buy some Mm. movies. I I may be wrong, but I think in the UK we have a smaller selection of stuff on streaming. 
Mm. I don't think we have as many oh. titles on streaming. That makes sense. Maybe that's the variable then. Yeah. We, I mean, we're talking about you know this variable that we can't can't pinpoint. Maybe that's what it is: is that you guys don't have a lot of licenses in terms of what you're available to stream. So people are still kind of you know flocking to physical media as as a way to kind of you know mm. get the releases that they want. Yeah, a lot of the movies that I want to watch, they're not on streaming anywhere, so I have no choice. Interesting. Right. And I and I wonder how that's going to be because over here we were just talking about how a lot of the licenses all these different streaming services are kind of like, you know, fighting amongst themselves to kind of get these licenses or hold on to them or, or sell them off or if they don't want them. And it's, you know, it's, it's caused this weird thing where now we have so many pop-up streaming services. Um, I, I, I'm wondering, do you, do you see anything like that happening over there? Do you see, at least with the streaming services, a lot of like, a lot of them buying licenses or holding on to them for only a certain amount of time. And then all of a sudden you'll see a pop-up on another streaming service. Does that happen? sometimes but I, I wouldn't have thought it would be often I, we, we obviously used to just have Netflix and then you had Prime and then now you're getting sort of Paramount Plus and now you're getting Lionsgate streaming service yeah. who are now beginning to do their own their I own didn't stuff. know about Lionsgate when did that happen? you know I have that in, a, in America yeah we don't have it here oh, oh but I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah Lionsgate has a, a streaming service in the UK yeah, so yeah, movie we, it's like Stars Plus, that. right? It's like for their Stars platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lions I read Gate about Plus. that. Huh. I'm a huge fan of Lion Gate's catalog, and especially their steel books. Oh, like yeah. they just yeah, their steel God. books are top. They, they are the best. I mean, I recently yeah. picked up the Reservoir Dog steel book, and that is now my favorite steel book. Yeah, that's yep. a great one. Yeah, I should have got that one when it came out. I don't know how mm. I didn't do it. I was just like, oh, it'll be in stock, and then I just it, got it, lazy and didn't. Yeah. <laughs> It is weird though because Lionsgate Steelbooks, obviously due to licensing, they they don't release some, and sometimes you get Steelbook exclusives. Like you can only get Reservoir Dogs in a Steelbook in the UK. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys don't have the standard release. No, we don't. So that that's what I was umming up. Uh, that's what I was a bit unsure about getting it because obviously it's more expensive. Yeah, well, that's interesting. So waiting to see if they were going to release a new one, but I gave up. Just bought the steelbook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the thing that you, you, I mean, maybe you deal with, I, I'm not sure, it's just, you know, it sounds like you have to do a lot of the waiting game to see, you know, if, if something is going to come out or not on, on your end of the pond. Yeah, I mean, one thing that is, I find really weird about is the new Disney releases and how, oh, how they're yeah. being released. All right, yeah. are, so are you guys getting those? We are, but three months late. Interesting. I I On that. average, I would say. Mm. When, everyone was, when everyone was buying Prey, uh, we didn't have it. That's interesting. So, like, like the, I know uh, the big ones coming up, I think, are Mandalorian. I think that comes out in December. Mm. So, is that, yeah. what's the release date for that for you guys? Is that around March? Um, I'll just check. I mean, currently, I don't even think Prey is out yet. Yeah, hopefully wow. it comes out by the yeah, end of the year because okay. that's like one of the best transfers of this year, like yeah. easily. Yeah, Prey is coming out twenty seventh of November. Oh, that's not too bad. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, not it's too about months. a month later. Yeah, that's yeah. annoying though for some. Like half. for me, like I love that film, <laughs> and like I, if someone had it like two <laughs> months before I did, I'd be pretty. <laughs> You'd be importing. I'd it. be pretty peeved. I'd be importing it one hundred percent. Like it's, that. That is kind of odd that they wait so long in terms mm. of. 
releasing it. Um, I, I'm not sure if it ha- I don't think that happens with the standard releases. I think most standard releases are are pretty even across the board. Correct. It just seems to be all Disney releases. Hmm. So the the Prey normal one is twenty seven. Guardians of the Galaxy came out October third, which I think is a month late. Guardians of the Galaxy three. Yeah, because that one. What you say, Chase? Your I think your mic went uh, on mute. Oh, Chase. Yeah, your mic is. No, my mic's on. For some reason, I gotta like lick it to talk. For some reason, because I've been making commentary. Noticed it doesn't come on here. But I was gonna say, didn't Guardians come out like August, late July? Yeah, yeah, I think that came out a while ago. Yeah. At least for me. Um, so the fact that that just came out a month ago in the UK, mm. that's 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 really interesting. But that's another uh, Disney it, title, like you said. Yeah, it, it only seems to be Disney. I mean, the uh, Oppenheimer that's coming out twenty second, which I think is the same in America. Yeah, oh, okay. I think it's yeah, I think it's the last week of November for us. Yeah. Yeah, I think that sounds like it's, it's pretty standard. Yeah. Normally it comes out on a Monday here. Well, well, guys, I mean, I mean, we're glad that you sound very optimistic about physical media over there, man. I mean, we, like we were telling you, we we were processing and talking about a lot of that over here on our neck of the woods. And even though, you know, a lot of these retailers are saying that they're going to stop selling physical media, we're still pretty optimistic about, um, you know, the, the, the future of it on our end of the end of the pond but it sounds like for you too man it's i mean if anything it sounds like you guys are thriving over there like it's it's actually performing yeah, very well <laughs> well i don't know why i was expecting kind of like a, a like an australia situation over there where i know a lot of people in australia are like oh, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're stressed out right now they're pulling <laughs> their hair just trying to get a release so i was like yeah. i wonder what the how the uk is but i mean it sounds like you're doing if anything i mean at least in terms of brick and mortar stores you you sound like you're doing better than we are yeah i mean yes yeah, for me just hmv just saved it wow that's awesome. the big one so without hmv that would be i mean if, if hmv ever for some reason went out of business that that would be it on for for you guys yeah it would make it a lot harder probably to buy stuff and that would then sell less well, if you ever talk to HMV, maybe you can let them know that we're very interested in them opening up stores here <laughs> in the States. I mean, they uh, used to be in Canada. Oh, really? They're, they're okay. actually owned by uh, Sunshine Records. Oh, yeah. Rangers of the Sunshine Black Gate always Records. talks about them. That's like one of their best. That's equivalent. Yeah, because that's like their best oh. bet for getting physical media in Canada for the most part for a decent oh. price. Yeah, I think they just, yeah, it's owned by some Canadian man who <laughs> was rich and then also own sunshine Records, so i think it is under that and they, they used to have shops in canada but sadly had to shut them down a few years ago i think it it reminds me of when i'm looking at hmv i was just uh, out of curiosity just googling pictures of it it reminds me of and i never knew how to pronounce this store so i'm sorry if i'm butchering it <laughs> do you guys remember like it was spelled f-y-e yeah i or have one near me yeah or, oh yeah here. yeah oh you have one there yeah like, i'm all, all down the street. on this side of like man really all of ours went out of business and hmv very much looks like that store like they look very similar yeah the closest thing oh. i have to that here is uh newberry comics i don't know if you guys have any of those near you in, mm-hmm. in the states yeah mm-hmm. that's like our version of fye but we did we used to have fye here we had a few different stores but it's been years Hey, uh, yeah, we had one in Florida. I, I went to go see my parents in Florida one time, and they had one at the mall over there. But yeah, uh, on the West yeah. Coast over here, I haven't seen any. 
Uh, HMV owns FYE. Aesthetically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. Well, I'm glad that it's not a doom and gloom situation over there, Chris. Um, and that you guys are very optimistic in terms of the outlook on it. I mean, that, I guess the only scary part is, is like what we said, what we were just talking about that HMV, it sounds like they're, they're the, the main player in town. And if something ever happened with them financially, mm. that that would be, that would be a, a little bit of a scary situation, but it, I mean, yeah, right I mean, now it doesn't look like that's ago, happening. It was a few years ago. It was quite unsure. Cause they were, they went into liquidation. Mm. Oh, really? What year was that? Um, I'd probably say it's like a couple of years ago, but it actually be ten years ago. Okay, so at least someone so someone um, bought them out and they've been doing okay ever since. And, um, it happened in twenty eighteen actually, apparently. So it was right before the pandemic. I thought for some reason yeah. that happened during the pandemic, but it sounds like whoever purchased them, I mean, they know what they're doing. They went from being bankrupt to. I mean, it sounds like they're they're pretty profitable right now. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they seem to be doing pretty well. They, well, they, another, cool. another thing that's probably helped them is they're now selling, sort of, uh, memorabilia. Oh, yeah. that's and, that, and, that's cool. And uh, like t-shirts and little figures and very expensive plushies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, think these physical media over stores, here though too. Yeah, they're they're kind of like starting to transition into you know like what you said, statues, toys, T-shirts, like all anything that's like kind of you know in the physical media realm. I guess like I think that that that's good. They're kind of transitioning into those other markets because if it's just music and movies, I think that's a, that plays it a little risky. Yeah, I mean, I know I know some people don't actually like it because they're selling rubbish apparently <laughs> overpriced rubbish because it's just sort of toys and stuff well not toys it's like action figures and yeah when you yeah, call I mean, them my, that my stuff my perspective is if it helps keep them open <laughs> yeah exactly uh, exactly yeah keep doing it because you know when you rely too mm. much on one thing if it's just physical media that, that could be a risky business so um it sounds like they're doing well. It sounds like you're pretty optimistic about the outlook of physical media over there, man. We we appreciate you coming on and, and kind of sharing some insight in terms of what's going on over there because obviously we're just kind of, you know, we're in our own little echo chamber here where we just kind of see what's going on in terms of the states, but we don't really get a lot of insight in terms of what's going on internationally. Mm, I hope I'm not too optimistic. <laughs> It's I don't think that. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I, we we want as much optimism as possible. So the fact mm. that it's it's sounding good over there, I think that kind of boosted our sense of optimism on on our side of the pond. So uh, yeah. we we appreciate you coming on, Chris. Thank you so much for contributing, man, and and, and giving us that insight. Thank you so much, Chris. We um, I don't know if there's you. anything else you guys wanted to touch on, Chase, Will, before we close out. Uh, I was just going to ask Chris, if you could share with the listeners, what's your most anticipated release? Is there anything you're looking forward to before the end of the year? Um, hmm. I am quite looking forward to the, the, yeah. the Child's Play box set. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a good one. Yeah, we're waiting for that here too. We're, we're eager yeah, for Yeah, I've that. already uh, imported the American version of the first one, Shout Factory, because okay. we, we don't have that in the UK. Right, the fork, yeah, the 4K for that. You guys couldn't get it over there. Cool. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's mostly, I, I just want stuff that hasn't been announced yet. 
Yeah. There are a lot of 20th century Fox titles. That's a whole show right me. there. Yeah, that's a whole yeah. different, I think, podcast, man. Where we, yeah. we could talk about that for another two hours, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, as always, man, I mean, uh, Chris, we appreciate you so much for coming on and, and giving us that insight and, and also sharing some of your time because I know you're probably really busy. Uh, so we appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you so much, and, Chris. Uh, appreciate you. To the uh, what you say, Chase? I think my mic gave out, but I was saying thank you so much, Chris. Appreciate you. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate everyone else for listening. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. Later, everybody. See ya. Bye, physical media. <laughs> Bye from the one British person. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Chris. Bye from surprisingly not rainy England. Well, that was a bitch, but now it's done.